Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who uh, doesn't like getting attacked by sumo ninjas, Jacob. That's something I would not want to be involved in. Exactly. <laughs> Why, thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who just has a craving for... And I just lost the word. Don't you Naco. love it? <laughs> huh? Nako? Yeah, Nako Nachos. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> All right. Why, thank you, I think. <laughs> uh, and let, let me introduce our co-host, a man who just has a cream for Nako Nachos. <laughs> How are you doing, Jake? Man, I, I am doing very well. Very well. Uh, for those of you watching, probably some of you have said, wait, they haven't been on for two weeks. Well, yeah. Well, so, uh, Happy New Year's, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year's. <laughs> Happy New Year's and... Hope 2021 is better than 2020. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no COVID, thank you. <laughs> I've, I've had so many people say that it's like, oh, you know, 2021 was great. 2021 is going to be great. And I remember back in 2018, 2019, because those were... said the same thing oh, about 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be the year that changes everything. It did. Well, technically, yes. <laughs> yes, it did. It, it changed lives for, yes. you know... Everybody. So, everybody. So, uh, where you're from. We've had two weeks off. Yes, we have. So, my question to you is, what did you watch in the intervening time? Okay. So, let me pull up Letterbox. If I can find Letterbox. All right. Uh, so, for those who are watching and those who are listening, uh, if you want to follow us on Letterboxd, or you can follow me on Letterbox. Uh, I'm at Jacob B. Heron, I believe. I believe so. I think that's correct. Yes. All right. So what have I been watching? Which is a lot of movies. All right. So let me get to my list. Uh, I am very happy to say that I finished the one, uh, 100 movie challenge. The 100 movie challenge for 2020. Which I did not. <laughs> I. Uh, so <laughs> let me get to the movies. I was 10 short. Yeah. I just finished up. Um, yeah, because you didn't want to come over and hang out with us and watch Mando. Not really. <laughs> you re- you didn't want to watch Mando. No, I wanted to watch Mando, <laughs> but I was like, okay, so either you were just tired. I was very tired and needed another night off. Yeah, exactly. Keyword there, another night off, since he also took off the Tuesday we normally record. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I needed I needed time to finish two movies for that. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right. So, you know, me getting into the movies I've watched so far. All right. So, uh, since we've been away, movies I have watched and completed was. Hmm. Did I mention I watched the uh, Deepwater Horizon? No. Okay. I don't I'll think so. Watch Deepwater Horizon. Very good movie. Uh, highly recommend it. Wonder Woman 80, 84. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Check out the movie of the week review yeah. on that one. Check out that out. one. Uh, Bad Boys for Life. That's It's a sequel to the Bad Boys movies. It's it's pretty good. It's it's not it's not directed by Michael Bay, so you don't have the overly explosions of everything. Uh, but it's still in the same spirit of the, the Bad Boys movie. Uh, I watched Soul. And if you want my review on that, you can check out our reaction when that drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six and Candles, another film by John Hughes. Good movie. Little controversial nowadays, but still a good movie. Uh, Mission Impossible. What is that? Six? Mission, I don't know. Yeah, Mission Impossible 6, Rogue Nation. That was actually a very good movie. 
You know, I thought it was a very good movie, well, very well executed. Uh, very much Ethan Hunt gets over. Ethan Hunt finds himself over his head and has to find some impossible way to get out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. And so finally, I got around to watching the Jumanji movies. Actually, the two sequels. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, mm-hmm. and Jumanji, uh, The Next Level. I didn't watch The Next Level. Oh, it's funny. It is so funny. It's it's not as funny as the first one. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's got a it's a different dynamic. If you haven't seen it yet, it's got a different dynamic. It's got a lot of sw- swat swapping going on, and that makes it that makes it fun. We get different characters. It's different characters or different actors, different characters in this movie, and it's just so much fun. Uh, I enjoyed it, and then I watched The Shining. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. I go from these really fun goofy action movies to complete horror yeah of that is nothing like the actual stephen king book Mm. my understanding ah uh stanley kubrick did what he wanted to do yeah that's that's stanley kubrick (laughs) uh it was very very much a suspense thriller the fact that we just went through a lot of people went through isolation they had to be Mm -hmm. quarantined for so many months and so many weeks uh this is kind of takes it and goes to the extreme. You're, you're, you're locked in a very isolated winter lodge and you just go completely crazy. Yeah. And it's like very surreal and very, Oh, this is not good. And it's just the, the, the psychological, um, like all this, this movie is just so yeesh. Let's just say that. All right. So, and uh, the movie I finished off the year with was Forty Two, the Jackie Robertson story, which I would highly recommend to anybody. That was such an amazing movie. Okay. Uh, so we, wa- I've watched that. I've uh, over at our buddy Chase's house. We watched um, Konosuba. We watched. I was not there that night. Yeah, we watched a little Konosuba. We watched the uh, Girls with Penzas. Girls and Panzers, mm-hmm. uh, because, und. huh? Girls und Panzers. Girls und Panzers. Yeah. But um, I think we we watched like a few other things, but I'm I am drawing a blank on which we'd watched. Mm-hmm. But uh, with all that said, that is all the movies I have watched in the last two weeks. Right. What about you? Well. I've gone through all of Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah. No spoilers. I wouldn't dream of it. (laughs) But now Joseph knows more about it than you do. Eh. Anyway. um, So yeah, I I went through all that. I also watched a couple movies while I was out. uh, Which was uh, The Apartment. A old black and white comedy, mm-hmm. and uh, of course Wonder Woman eighty four. Okay, for the other show, and of course Soul. Mm-hmm. And I finished season one of uh, My Hero Academia. Okay, because I'm wanting to. Tr- I'm trying to get through. I want to get through all of those before we end up reviewing uh, Two Heroes. Okay, because that's going to be on our list of. Uh, when we get back to rolling. Exactly. Um, other than that, I've not really gotten a chance to watch a whole, whole lot. Okay. Because I was been playing uh, Spider-Man PS4. Mm. Yeah. I beat, I, the, like, I beat the main story. Okay. I have started the DLC. I would have not done the DLC, but I am literally one trophy away from getting the platinum. And because I had already downloaded the DLC, because I'm an idiot... It says I had only 75% of the suits because there's literally like oh. 10 suits left to get because of they're in the DLC. So I think that's what caused it. I'm mm. not 100% sure, but you know. Yeah. See how that goes once I finish these next three little sets of missions. Yeah. But yeah, that, that game is actually very good. If you've been on the... Uh, uh, 
the fence about whether or not to play it. I I am looking forward to getting around to uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales since okay. I now know how that's going to connect in. Okay. To some degree. Um, Already? Hmm? Already? So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching and right. playing. So, we've had two weeks off. Do we have news? We have a little bit. We have a little bit of news. Not a whole lot. Uh, so there has been, you know, people talking about how um, um, all the movies that are coming out for 2021, mm-hmm. and uh, we will get around to doing a a uh, kind of a summary of the movies that are coming out, what our like initial reaction to those trailers are. We'll eventually get around to that at some point this month or next month. One of those. Sometime. We have not got that nailed yeah, down Yeah, we haven't nailed yet. that down yet. All right, so uh, the only bit of news, apparently, because I didn't write the other one down, but either way. No, Smooth I didn't. Move. No, no, I didn't. Never mind. Uh, G-Kids has unveiled the English dub trailer for the legendary animated house Studio Ghibli's latest feature, uh, Earwig, and The Witch, uh, making its world, uh, world debut. Uh... It has, uh, wow, I, I hate it when I can't pronounce names. <laughs> um, Kelsey Musgraves. Kelsey Musgraves. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, she is voicing the lead character. And uh, well, at least she's relatively local. Yeah, she is. She's, she's from she, Mineola, which yeah. is just about an hour and 15 minutes north of here. Yeah, East Texas area. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, so they sure did that, uh, and apparently the the main theme song is uh, "Don't Disturb Me." I don't know. Maybe it's it's a song she wrote apparently for the movie. In other news, in other pieces of news, uh, you have been warned. Lionsgate opened the portal to the monster zone. Coming to digital on demand and DVD, which apparently would be priced at fourteen ninety eight on February 9th. The news title from Anna E Studios features the voice talents of Jamie Bell, Ruby Rose, and has earned a dove seal of approval for all ages. Okay. So that is a new movie that will be releasing, which is called The Monster Zone, which will be released on February 9th. So if you're interested, go check it out. So that's the news. Yes, that's all so, the news. So let's get into our spoiler-free section of our review of Kim Possible, So the Drama. Yeah. The movie. <laughs> the movie. This is the only one that has the words, the movie, in yeah. there. Uh, or just Kim Possible movie. Yeah. Or the Kim Possible movie, anyway. Yeah, it had like four names when I looked it up. It's right. like, can we just call it one thing? Uh, so yeah, Kim Possible, the movie, so the drama. Uh, I will admit, I have while I've watched bits and pieces of Kim Possible, I've and I've I've seen I have seen full episodes. I've never watched the whole series. Okay, so there, I'm sure there are some little bits and pieces that I missed. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so we got, you know, obviously, you got Kim uh, going around saving the world with idiot boyfriend, not boyfriend. Yeah, uh, what, whatever, whatever Ron, your name Ron Stoppable. Well, yeah, whatever his name is. Which got me to thinking, especially because it's painfully obvious, it's always been painfully obvious that they're a couple, even if they don't want to believe they're a couple. Maybe. Even before the the movie, right? Uh, so it, it occurred to me that under standard traditional naming, if they got married, she would then be Kim Stoppable. She might keep her maiden name. <laughs> you never know. If Ron is smart, he'll take her name. <laughs> just Who saying. Knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, this is just a fun little movie. I'm sure it uh, wraps some stuff up. Or touches on some things that I don't know about from the show, because I'm assuming it would. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was a it was a fun little uh, action adventure espionage 
saving the day sort of movie. And so, yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, I may have a little more uh, background with this show. I did really enjoy it because I don't know where I saw this. I was probably flipping through the channels mm-hmm. at my parents' place and saw this came up. And I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Girl who is a cheerleader who saves the day and is... Okay, that's interesting. It's Buffy without vampires. Yeah, and she's the, the goofy sidekick. And with his naked mole rat. And his naked mole rat, yes. <laughs> I played, love the mole played rat. Played by Bart Simpson. Yes. It is played Which by Which I Rufus. never noticed any of the times I'd watched this till after I'd looked up the cast list, mm-hmm. saw who was voicing Rufus, and then from that point it's like, yeah, that's just higher-pitched uh, Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> saying very few words. <laughs> uh I really enjoy the movie with the the understanding that originally this movie was supposed to be the conclusion to the to the series. Right. It was supposed to. It went on past that point. But yeah. Yeah, they they, they kind of people went, No, we will not go quietly into the night and you're gonna give us another series or we're gonna boycott you. So yeah, this was the I enjoy this was a this was a good movie. To me, mm-hmm. it was very good. It had some very interesting twists and be like very much James Bond like movie. Yeah, that I think it, it had a lot more James Bond than most of the series did. Uh, it added a few more elements. It gave it fleshed out a lot of the story that had been left dangling by the end of season three, mm-hmm. in which oddly chronologically this sits right in the middle of season three. Hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll get into that in a few minutes when we get into more spoilery, right? Uh, escalate or escapades? Escapades. Thank you. That's the word. It was yeah, the escalate. I don't think existed when this movie came out. No, maybe I could be wrong. Either way, it's it's an enjoyable film to watch. You may need some foreknowledge of Kim Possible because they don't explain everything in this film. They don't explain much of anything. No, they don't. Other than what you need for this specific movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and for a, for a Disney Channel original animated movie, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good for what it is. Yeah, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. All right. So yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of our spoiler-free review. Uh, think if you enjoy Kim Possible, what we're saying is go watch this if you haven't already. Somehow. Yeah. Anyway. So join us on the other side of the bumper and we will get into spoiling this thing. Yep. Ray. Okay. This progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Hey, Scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. Alright, hold on. Give me give me it. Okay. <laughs> Alright. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian Geeks, such as the Untold Podcast. Engaging the culture's imagination, the Untold Podcast presents free speculative fiction every month from a Christian worldview. The Untold Podcast aims to recapture the power of story and use the weirder genres to do it. Science fiction, fantasy, horror, and supernatural stories serve as metaphors for our lives. The distant star systems, the shining nights, the abominable yetis, and the ghosts remind us of our own struggles, triumphs, and losses. Each month features a new story in flash fiction presented in a unique and dynamic way. The producer and narrator of the podcast is Nathan James Norman, an author, pastor, and theologian living in northern Michigan. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie, Kim Possible, the movie, So the Drama. Listener discretion is advised. Kim Possible, the movie, so the drama, was directed by Stephen Loder, who also directed episodes of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. It was also written by Bob Scooley and Mark McCorkle, who uh, also wrote Sky High. Mm-hmm. And the music was by Adam Barry, who would go on to write the music for Big Hero 6, the series. Mm-hmm. 
Kim Possible was played by Christy Carlson Romano, who mm-hmm. played Ren Stevens and Even Stevens, and Yuffie Kisaragi in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Mm-hmm. Ron Stoppable was played by Will Friedel, who uh, played Lion-O in Thundercats 2011, and Eric Matthews in Boy Meets World. You're also missing one that he's very, very popular for. Okay. Terry McGinnis from Batman Beyond. We said that one before, I think. Yes, we did. So, yeah. Uh, Ruf- Rufus was played by Nancy Cartwright, who is most famous for playing Bart Simpson in The Simpsons. Wade Lode was played by Taj Maori, and he played young Sonic in the Sonic the Hedgehog Saturday morning cartoon series. Really? Yeah. Huh. Monique. No, I just jumped. Uh, Lars play- was played by Diedrich Bader. And he played Stan the Guard in Rapunzel's Tangled Adventures. Hmm. Monique was played by Raven Simone, who of course played Raven Baxter and That's So Raven, and Valkyrie in Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy TV series. That's right, yeah. Uh, and she was also uh, Nebula w- Wade in the Xenon franchise. Okay, those those Disney Channel original movies, or at least the first one. Uh, Dr. Anne Possible was played by Jean Smart. She also played Lana Gardner in Frasier. Hmm. Bonnie Rockwaller was played by Kristen Storms, who played Xenon Carr in the, Z- Disney, in the Xenon Disney Channel original movie franchise. Brick Flagg played Ryder, uh, was played by Ryder Strong. He played uh, Sean Hunter in Boy Meets World. Ah. Shigo was played by Nicole Sullivan. And she played the character of Franny in Meet the Robinsons. Hmm. Dr. Draken was played by John DiMaggio. He played Bender in Futurama and Jake the Dog in Adventure Time. The Reporter was played by April Winchell, who played Mrs. Herman in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Mrs. Finster in Recess. Huh. Ned was played by Eddie Deason. He played a character named Eugene in Greece. And he was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Okay. Jim and Tim Possible were played by Sean Fleming. They play, if you remember, they played young Max Goof in uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Okay, yeah. Big Daddy Brotherson was played by Maurice LaMarche. He played Brain in Pinky and the Brain and Mr. Big in Zootopia. Nakasumi was played by Clyde Kusatsu played Commander Watanabe in the recent movie Midway. Okay, good movie. I believe it was the recent Midway. Might yeah. have been the older Midway. Maybe. Hmm. He played that in in a Midway. Uh, Sumo Ninja and Dr. Guberman was played by Kevin Michael Richardson. Oh, okay. Which is Panthro in Thundercats yeah, 2011. Yes, and, that totally makes sense now. And he played Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Ah. Now keep in mind... Sumo Ninja has that really high-pitched voice. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Cowboy Gambler was played by Stephen Root, who played Bill Dotrieve in King of the Hill. Yoshiko was played by Lauren Tom, who played Amy Wong in Futurama, and both Min Sufanusaphone and Connie Sufanusaphone in King of the Hill. Eric was played by Raviv Ullman, who played Phil Diffie in Phil of the Future. And Mike was played by Chevy Lamont Cofield, and he played the news reporter in Iron Man 3. Okay. Kingdom Hearts connections are relatively little this week, especially oh. compared to some of the other ones we've had. Yeah, a uh, Christy Carlson Romano, along with playing Yuffie in Advent Children, mm-hmm. also played her in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. John DiMaggio played a character named Jacoby, who was an undead pirate in Kingdom Hearts 2. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson was the voice of Sebastian, Captain Gantu, and Blackguard A. Will Friedel went on to play Cypher in Kingdom Hearts 2. Sean Fleming was Titus, sorry, Titus in Kingdom Hearts 2. And Maurice LaMarche played the medium beagle boy in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Hmm, okay. That is all the cast lists and such. What do we got in Info and Stiff? All right, so Info and Stuff. Uh, production companies, there's a few of them. Uh, you have the Walt Disney anima- Television Animation. You have uh, Rough rough Draft Korea. Korea Company. Thank you. 
uh, distributed by Bonavista Television. It was originally aired on the Disney Channel. It was originally aired on April 8th, 2005. Its home release uh, was the extended version of the film. It was released on May 10th, 2005. And as of November 12th, 2019, it is available for stream on Disney Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So, little fun facts about the film itself. Originally, the movie was intended to be a theatrical film, theatrical film, but was cut and put directly on a DVD due to the financial failure of Teacher's Pet, the movie. Um, I don't even remember that show. No, so maybe I, they chose the wrong show to do this with. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would think so. I think this one was a really good movie to see in theaters because just how. Mm-hmm action-based it is. It's really, really good. It, it would have served as a good platform for it. Yeah. Uh, this was... Uh, the movie was intended... Was intended as a the season finale for the series overall. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but due to... Um, due to the, the rabid fan base of Kim Possible at the time, uh, there were a lot of petitions out and it took a couple of months. It was like almost half a year and so Disney decided that we are going to renew the series for a fourth season because Disney at the time, they were so dogged on, you're only going to get 64, 63 episodes, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get cut. Now, granted, this has only happened, you had Gargoyles, and then you had, I think it's only happened like twice. Mm-hmm. Like twice or three times throughout the you know Disney animated movie uh, TV series, that and luckily Kim Possible did get a fourth season, uh, so this was basically a a catapult into the fourth season unknowingly. Right. Oddly enough, if we if we were talking chronologically, this set set place almost in the dead middle of season three. Yet we we see no conclusion to that until season four, so it's it's weird because how they how they set things up. Well, I mean they had to write season three without knowing that this other one was supposed to be the the finale. So they didn't this other this finale was taking place before them. So that may be why. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird they 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 produced it as a TV series mm-hmm. and. So so it's so it so originally it would have ran as three episodes, right? But then they put it into a movie, but then they had to put it back into the television because it wasn't going to go in the theaters, right? So it's a little weird because then you get the conclusion to your series before your series concludes. A little weird. Oh, well, doesn't matter because we got in a fourth season. Yeah, we, so did, we did get a fourth season. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all I've got for uh, info and stuff. Jumping into the summary, Dr. Draken has been developing a new and elaborate master plan to take over the world that baffles everyone, even his sidekick, Shigo. Among the planned stages are the procurement of a new toy design stolen from Japanese developer Nakasumi, the creation of synthodrome androids, and a bizarre research project investigating the lifestyle of teenage girls. Meanwhile, Kim Possible realizes that her crime-fighting lifestyle has left her with only Ron Stoppable as a potential date for the junior prom, much to her distress. Ron introduces Kim to Eric, a new student, and they soon become a couple, causing a jealous Ron to find himself edged out of Kim's life. Ron also begins to notice numerous annoying changes at Bueno Nacho, his favorite fast food chain. Draken kidnaps Kim's father, who possesses the most advanced cybertronic technology in existence, which can fix, modify, and en- or enlarge any machine. Kim and Ron rescue Dr. Possible, unaware that Draken has already obtained his knowledge in cybertronics by tapping his brain. Bueno Nacho introduces their first kitty meals, which come with a toy robot called Little Diablos, based on Nakasumi's design, that become vastly popular worldwide. Kim realizes Ron's growing unhappiness and talks with him, promising that her new relationship with Eric will not affect their relationship, their friendship. While Kim and Eric attend prom together, Ron, depressed and conflicted by his changing feelings for Kim, becomes upset again by Bueno Nacho and makes a call complaining to the new owner, who is revealed to be Draken. 
Lars, Bueno Nacho's new manager and one of Draken's goons, activates the Diablo army of toys which pursue Ron and his pet mole rat, Rufus. Escaping the Diablos, Ron bursts into the prawn to warn, warn Kim about the toys. Kim contacts her assistant, Wade, who confirmed that the Diablos are made from Dr. Possible's technology. In retaliation, Draken attacks Middleton, transforming the toys into large, deadly robots with a command signal at Bueno Nacho. With help from the Possible family, Kim and Ron destroy the command signal, disabling the Diablos. Draken shows Kim that Shigo has kidnapped Eric after she left the prom dance and demands her surrender in exchange for Eric's safety. Kim dons a new experimental battle suit and heads with Ron and Rufus to, Bu to Bueno Nacho headquarters, where Draken and his forces are operating from. Kim fights and defeats Shigo before reuniting with Eric, who is revealed to be a synthodrone made by Draken to distract her from his plans. He shocks Kim unconscious, and she is captured along with Ron. At midnight, Draken launches a worldwide attack with the giant Diablo robots. Kim admits defeat and gives up, but Ron encourages her by finally confessing his feelings for her, which she accepts. Rufus then helps them escape, and they head to Bueno Nacho's roof to destroy the tower, controlling the Diablos with an EMP. Shigo and Eric intervene, but Kim fires the EMP at the tower. Eric catches it just in time, but Rufus destroys him by puncturing his foot, draining all his cyber liquid, and making him drop the EMP on the tower. Shutting down all the robots and returning them to their normal sizes, Draken, Shigo, and their henchmen are arrested, and Kim and Ron are hailed as heroes for saving the world once again. They return to prom holding hands. The students cheer them as they dance and share their first real kiss. So, Jacob, your first like. Uh, okay, so for little clarity, say be like the show. I, I really enjoyed the show for what I saw. But I'd seen all of it. It's really fun. It's a goofy show. If you haven't seen it, it's available on Disney Plus. Go watch it. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the fact that every episode Draken loses every single time. There's there's never a one where he gets the upper hand on Kim. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always. Like she finds herself in a bind, then Ron stumbles into it to make the uh, make the save. Where in this one, his plan almost be like the the fact that his plan almost works, almost yeah. works, and it's so the 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 depth and level he goes into to make this plan work. The fact that Shigo doesn't get it, the fact that. As an audience, we're we're clued into okay, Draken's got a plan, mm -hmm. and we see what's coming if you're paying attention to it. Um, but it's it's got these really nice little. It's like because most of Draken's plans are be like, oh, I'm going to take over this. I'm going to take over this. It's never really a in depth, really um, covert, and using all these different tactics to get. His end goal. Mm -hmm. So this was, I think, the plan itself was a very good notion. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a break from the norm that you have. He actually had a good idea for it. Yeah, he actually had a very good idea, and he nearly worked too. You know that he got, he could have gotten away with it. wasn't for that stinking babysitter. Yes. So yeah, that is my number one. Like that, Draken nearly won. My first like for this is going to have to be uh, the fact that, like, like you said, the plan, his plan was actually pretty decent, even if it's a good bit goofy. Oh, yeah. Because it's taking over Bueno Nacho. Yeah. A fast food restaurant. Yes. In essence, that's what this plan is. It's taking over the world with McDonald's kids meal toys. Pretty much. <laughs> which is not a bad concept even if it's a bit goofy yeah but i mean but it it's works clever for, it's clever and it works for the show and i like how they admittedly they do use the prom as the be all end all of high school life i don't know i didn't go to prom yeah I, yeah uh, and for, for, she's for, gotta have her the boyfriend and uh-huh you kind of wonder if bonnie as evil as she seems to be oh, if she's she not <laughs> if she's not in league with dr draken at some degree what part in the series she is in one episode and maybe so uh but one thing i noticed in this time is that dr draken and shigo 
are definitely the mirrors of Ron and and Kim. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't know why I didn't notice this before. I I kind of knew that noon. I'd kind of known that Shigo was the anti Kim possible. Yeah. To the point where I figured she was like when before I'd watched any of the show and I'd just seen commercials. I assumed she was like some evil clone that Doctor Draken had made of Kim. Mm, mm. I kind of assumed that's what it was. It's yeah. Not. No. Um. But. I mean, I never realized how much Dr. Draken was essentially Ron. It's just with Ron in control, things go bad, which is why most of Dr. Draken's plans fail. But I, I, I liked that part, and I kind of also liked the, uh, the fact that when he's in his CEO of Bueno Nacho, he is wearing a nudie suit. The old style, uh-huh. you know, um, cowboy with, the, with all the, what do you call those? Rhinestones? Yeah, all the rhinestones all over the suits. Yeah, that was interesting. Okay, yeah. You definitely got into this role, Draken. He's a a little flamboyant when it comes to things. Just a little. A little bit. Uh, So, yeah, I I enjoyed that. It was a... It's an interesting story. It's an interesting plot. Yeah. We'll say. So, yeah, that's my number one is essentially the plot. Okay. My number... The evil plot. Yeah, the evil plot. Yeah, it's the evil plot that Draken actually... Has a lot of thought into. <laughs> yeah, let's do, let's say that. Uh, mine would be Ron's observant, uh, his observant, his uh, observance of things. Mm-hmm. Which most his time observation. He's, observation. That's what I'm looking for. His observation. Which most time he's completely clueless what's going on. Yeah. So he is. Ron is Ron because he gets obsessed with Bueno Nacho, or yeah, he you know gets. Well, it helps that everything that Doctor Draken is stealing seems to fit into the wheelhouse of things he likes. Yeah, exactly. It's it starts meddling with everything yeah. he love he loves, and so there's there's the, like his observation of what's going on, even though he's almost completely clue, clueless to it. That he's so close to it. That he is, he's clued in before everybody else is. Yeah. And being Ron. And everyone thinks he's crazy. Exactly. It would be like, oh, he's just crazy Ron. But, but overall, it's just more his observation about things going on and how it's affecting his life. Uh, also, the fact he, his, his jealousy towards uh, uh, Kim having a relationship mm-hmm. and his, his ultimate feelings towards her is, you know, like you, you can, you can, like if you've ever been in a relationship, like with with a woman or a guy, what have you, uh, you can relate to the like you you want to tell her, or Tim, you want to tell her or him that like, hey, I really do like you, but there's there's either you've had this relationship for so long, and you don't want to destroy things. So you you have this this internal conflict with this character mm-hmm. on top of his goofiness, on top of his awkwardness, and it just it makes for a very good character development for Ron. Yeah. and I really enjoyed that. What is your number? Two? My number two, Rufus. Yes, Rufus Celebrus. Rufus is like half the reason to watch the show because of everything. He, he's like. He, I mean, there's a reason there's a whole song based on him, and we even get to hear a couple bars of it in Uh here. Um, He's just a fun character. I enjoyed him in this. I like how he's the one who actually saves the day. He does. Like, he normally does. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, Rufus is cool. That's that's all I can really say about it. (laughs) That's why he's my number two. All right. Uh, Now, my number three is kind of different because... That obviously, from an audience standpoint, it's a, it's a good twist. Mm-hmm. the The fact that the the boyfriend is a synthro drone, yeah, and that the except you can see it coming from yeah, a you, mile away. You, you can see it coming. I under I, I totally get that. You can see it from a mile away, and that's probably one of my dislikes as well. But at the same time, it's this really nice little twist. Definitely, if you're a younger audience member. And you're watching this. You're not paying attention to everything. You're not an adult who's paying attention to everything going on. Uh, and this is like, wow! Oh my gosh! This was a nice little twist. So I, th- that's why it's my number three. It's got this. It's, it's. If you're a kid watching this and you see, oh my gosh, the boyfriend was the villain. Mm-hmm. It's like that would be kind of cool as, yeah. as a kid. Um, 
And the as an adult, you get to see all the cogs turning in the background. And you're almost like, wait, don't go there. It's going to happen. Yeah. You, you see it coming from a mile away. But it's it's still interesting to watch. Still mm-hmm. interesting to see that the the cogs turning and how the uh, how the plant unfolds itself. Yeah, even though it's very obvious, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I enjoy watching that cog turn to reveal the uh, the the big reveal at the end mm-hmm. of what the master plan is. So yeah, that's my number three. What's your number three? My number three is uh, the. Cons- the idea that Dr. Possible is actually an important person to the plan. Uh, in so many times, I've, I've wanted to watch the show a couple times, but it seems like almost every time I do, the fact that the mother is a doctor and the father is a rocket scientist is almost like just there for the explanation of why Kim Possible is who she is. Yeah. And why Jim and Tim are crazy like they are. Yeah. The fact that he's actually important to the plot. Yeah. Because he's the creator of the Cybertronic technology uh-huh. and the MacGuffin of this episode. Pretty much, of this yeah, movie. it's the MacGuffin. But um, that allows any of this Diablos plan to work. Mm-hmm. And, of course, is her father. It's like, oh, that's an interesting way to do that. It gives her a reason to to get in, to, to, to get over, get in there and save him. It's... It's at that. Po- it's after that point, though. I start getting into a lot of my dislikes. Okay. So before I go into my dislikes, what's your first dislike? My first dislike. I think I mentioned it. The my third like was you see everything coming. Mm-hmm. It uh, there's no, there's no wool over your eyes. It's not a very in depth. It's not. We're not trying to hide anything. Because uh, obviously this is a, t- a kids TV show. It's a kids movie. But I think for an adult audience, I wish they would have like tried to hide a little more of it that we didn't see everything coming. Mm-hmm. That we at least seen something we wouldn't have. Um, that the the veil was completely open for us, and we yeah. saw everything coming. But I wish they would have held a lot of it back and had that you know um, bigger reveals and not just be like boop. Here's your here's your. Everything's wide open. You mm-hmm. see it coming. Uh, that's that's one of my gripes. It just, you see everything coming. Yeah. So what is your number one? My first dislike. I'm not sure if this is because of the way it was created with the idea of it originally being, uh, what, three separate episodes, and then it was merged into a movie and then shown on television. Yeah. But the fact that Eric does not even, is not introduced to the story until halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. I, I you read when I read the summary, it sounds like it's like they get back to Middleton after saving Nakasumi, and Eric is there. Yeah, which no. would have been good. I would yeah. have liked that. Problem is, Eric doesn't show up until about halfway through, right after you know Kim saves your father. Mm-hmm. That's when Eric shows up, and that's when the whole subplot between ron and kim uh you know kim starting to ignore ron right comes into play it's like i would have liked you to bring that in sooner to make it it's it's obviously a central plot point but it really feels like you brought in eric at the last minute to get him into the story I'm not asking for a whole lot, just a slight rearranging of scenes to introduce Eric a little bit before. Mm. Maybe pepper in a, a couple more instances instead of it feeling like they've had to cram in like three scenes to show Eric driving that wedge between Ron and Kim. Yeah. And like, and like I said, the re- it feels like it's coming in at like the beginning of episode two. Yeah. it's kind of, Or the beginning of an episode. Yeah is what it feels like. And maybe the episodes got rearranged a little bit when they, you know, made it into the movie format to get some more action at the beginning. Yeah. But I really wish they'd have brought in Eric a little sooner so that we have this in the back of our mind while they're going on this, uh, going to this casino mm-hmm. to catch Dr. Draken talking to big, uh, big father Brotherson or whatever it was, yeah. whatever his name was. Uh, 
the brain will say. Uh, <laughs> I wish they'd have brought that in sooner, so that way it just it, it make this makes the story feel more intentional instead of slapdash because yeah. the little the movie's a little slapdash. Okay, in its pacing, it feels like to okay. Me. Well, to to counter your argument, I do like the fact that you do get the um, the the boyfriend character. I like the boyfriend character in there. Yeah. I'm saying they introduced him too late in the movie. Yeah. They should have introduced him sooner because obviously Disney Channel yeah. considers this character important to the movie because he's listed in the summary. He's listed in the first sentence of the Disney Plus yeah. review uh, synopsis. Right. And he doesn't come in until the last half of the movie. I, I agree with you on That's that. That's a problem for me. Yeah. Um, if he's well, that important of a character, he needs to be in the movie before that point. I would agree with you on that. I agree with you and on that. And it would make Dr. Draken look like he's thought this through just a little bit more than he has. Yeah. But also, you would have to... Like, somehow, Draken would have had had the uh, the technology that Dr. Possible had created in order to create the uh, the boyfriend. That, that's that's, that's the only... The, I thought the Cybertronic technology only was in the Diablos. Yeah, but also... They never show Eric growing in size. All I always see is him... You know, change clothes. Yeah. That could have been any... Uh, obviously, it's a more realistic. Maybe he's got a better AI than the other Synthodrones. Yeah, because that, that's, what, that's what I keep thinking. It's, it's more... It's a combination of the two. So that's why you have this set up where... But if that's the case, though, it's not made that noticeable. Yeah. I mean, like you said, this is a kid's show. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but it's like, I wish there would have... They don't even bring in the fact that prom is coming up until like right before that scene. Uh, yeah, pretty much. There's a maybe a mention of it before when uh, Monique calls Kim in the middle of the fight. It's like, oh, she's just wanting a date for prom. Yeah, they set it up. They, they set they up the set, prom thing set, pretty early. Yeah, but they don't really touch on that until yeah. right before Eric shows up. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in high school, but prom was something that was talked about months in advance. Oh, yeah. Before it happened. So, yeah. Agreed. I just wish they'd have brought him in, brought at least, set that, started setting that subplot up maybe. Yeah. A little sooner. I would, I would, I would, I agree with you on that. Uh, but I think the character of Eric is brought in at the right time in the middle of the film. Maybe so. Yeah. That his, his setup is almost to, like, it's supposed to, is a drive away between the two characters. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I like the the dynamic where how Ron's jealousy gets in the way of everything, and I guess, it's it's it, I I like the dynamic how his character right. com- he comes in it literally becomes a wedge. I guess wh- I just want that wedge to start maybe at least some semblance of that wedge yeah. to come in sooner like maybe uh, Kim starting starting that rethink of does she really want to go to prom with Ron. Does she want to go to prom in reality? Because there's a at least do the thing with them at the pyramid sooner. Yeah, and point out that oh, everyone else has a prom day. All you've got is Ron. That would have been. I would have liked that to come up maybe a little sooner. It's just it feels like it comes in right when we need to start setting up Eric. Yeah. Well. It, I would have liked. I, I'm just wishing the pacing was a little bit smoother. Okay, that's really what I'm trying to get at. Here. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Okay, I got you. Uh, I, I mean, I completely agree with you on that, but uh, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. So yeah, that's my number one dislike. Okay, so my my number two dislike is okay. You're setting up this as a movie to a finale to our series. Intended, as. In, intended to be your your series finale. Why don't we get a lot more development from other characters? Like, yeah, we, we get a little more development from um, uh, Mr. Possible. Mm-hmm. We don't get a whole lot from uh, uh, Jim and Tim. We don't really get a lot of development from them, except they're well, again, they're little inventors. That's all they are. Yeah. Um, and then you have. Like there's there's so much you could develop with the other characters. Obviously, you want to focus on Kim and Ron, yeah, and like our, our our main core cast. But be like just fleshing out everybody else in order to, um, to wrap up everything. 
in the series. Well, I mean, at the very least, I know they there are some characters from the show that don't even make an appearance in this. Yeah, like they're in- Mr. Barkus. Yeah, I think is his name. Yeah, Barkus is in. He in doesn't there. show up in this. Um, and there's a couple. Ninety percent of the villains don't show up. In yeah. this. it's only Draken and Shigo. Yeah, which it makes sense because Draken's the main villain. Yeah, and that makes sense. But uh, I think the other characters were brought in that, that did not get as much screen time, mm-hmm. simply because can you really go into Kim Possible's home and not show Doctor uh, Miss, Mrs. Possible and Jim and Tim? Yeah. Now. I was kind of hoping, to some degree, when they said Jimoth, uh, what did they say, Timothy and Jim, Timothy, Jimothy Possible, or whatever, Timothy James, Timothy James Possible. I was hoping it's like, oh, the creator of Cybertronic Technology is not the father; it's Jim and Tim. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be that. It's like, oh, you got the, you just got the names mixed up. You thought this was one person, but it's actually two people. No, <laughs> that's what I was hoping. <laughs> but no, that's not what it is. It's no. Just, uh, and they do at least get a scene to shine. They do. I, I agree with you on that. But I mean, it's this. They're there because you can't really have not have those characters there yeah. without it making sense and having to come up with some excuse why, on the middle of the school week, Jim and Tim are not home. Yeah, for most of the epi- for that is of, true. for the entire movie. Or and you could say have it one short scene where Mrs. Possible's like stuck at the hospital doing mm-hmm. stuff, but Jim and Tim have to show up at some point. Yeah, they have to do something. And it makes sense you would have a scene where uh, Kim would bring uh, Eric to meet the parents. Yeah. While Ron is there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that Ron has been in her life ever since they were in pre-K. Right. So it's, it's and Ron, at the, at the very least, it does give Mrs. Possible a chance to talk with Ron and yeah. try to console him. And yeah. Mrs. Possible does have a couple of good words of advice mm-hmm. for Kim, even though Agreed. she ignores it. Yeah. <laughs> She's a teenager. Yes. I understand this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's why the characters don't get much. Yeah. It's because they are there cause they need to be there, but they don't need to be there for plot. I agree. Agree. Monique has the same problem. Yeah, exactly. If we're being honest and I'm sitting there going, who is Monique? <laughs> I watched some of this show, but I don't remember Raven Simone's character. Yeah, she was the obviously she was the support character to Kim. That was yeah. more like her, I get, her, her BFF. I, and I get that she the character needs a girlfriend. Yeah, as as a friend, obviously. But I'm still sitting there going, "Who are you, and why do you have access to Kim's line? <laughs> why is that a thing?" And and there, I, I will also admit, I had a short. Um, brain fart when this episode started or this movie started and Wade is getting is getting ready to forward Monique to Kim I'm thinking okay does Monique know Kim Possible is a super spy is does Kim have a secret identity I don't remember <laughs> she doesn't have a secret identity this is just what she does but there was a part of me thinking don't put her through. That's going to reveal her secret identity. Oh, wait. That's not a thing here. Yeah, there's their secret identity. <laughs> there's their everybody secret knows, identity. She's, everybody she knows what she does. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a little... That was a, a stupid thing I, I thought. But anyway. I gotcha. So, yeah. So, what is your number dos? My number two dislike... I'm not sure. Um, my number two dislike is kind of the fact that it's the plot for what it is is hurried. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, there was moments that felt slapdash with the reveal of Eric and all. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of stuff where it's like we bring up these scenes and then we're done in like less than five minutes. And I know part of that has to be because they were originally written as TV episodes right. so you had this these certain chunks of time that you've got you you write scenes for to mm-hmm. fit between commercial breaks right but there's still a part of me it's like uh, i wish this was smoothed out a little better i wish you know some of these characters had a little bit more time to shine agreed there's a part of me that kind of wishes they had not used the pacing of the show, which is very obvious they did, and went with a more movie-style pacing, but then I don't know if that was is 
good for a movie based on this or not. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because it still feels like an episode of the show. It's just an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Uh, there's it's there's a little weirdness in here. Yeah. And it's the same kind of weirdness you, I do, you do sometimes run into with these uh, Disney Channel original movies. All of them, not yeah. just the animated ones. Yeah. They they have to hit, they hit plot points because they're all made to actually fit commercial breaks in there. Um, and they're still written with that concept in mind. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, eh, I wish this was smoothed out a little better. This, I wish the story was a little bit more coherent. Yeah. That's just what it comes down to. I, I wish the story was. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of good moments. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like you definitely the the three act structure you can feel. Okay, in a way that you don't aren't supposed to feel. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's three episodes crammed together. Yeah, <laughs> that's Agreed. the problem. Yeah, that is the one problem when you come to you know television ser- you know television movies. They're just that are based on series. It's like yeah. Well, we don't run into this with some of the other stuff we've done, like Batman Return of the Joker. Yeah. Or uh, Mask of the Phantasm, even though that was a movie. Yeah. That was a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, the closest I can think of that we've run into something, although this is not anywhere near as drastic, mm-hmm. was Digimon the movie. Oh, jeez. But that was far worse yeah, that than was this far one. worse. But that's the closest thing I can think of to kind of what it feels like. It really does feel like... We have this episode, we have this episode, and we have this episode, and we've got a little bit of interstitial to stitch them together. Maybe, yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like a three-part episode, not that, an hour-and-a-half movie, Yeah, which is kind of what it is. It but is. Agreed. It's just, I, I wish it was more of a movie and not three ep- not three episodes. Yeah. That's, when you get right down to it, that's my second dislike. Okay. All right. So Your third? My third would be, she goes, apparent death. <laughs> That she's sl- she's slammed that tower that a uh, transmission tower yeah. and it collapsed. So it looks like Kim just killed Chigo. <laughs> Except you know that's not how it's going to work. It's not what happens. And uh, apparently, what I understand, what happens later on, that they added Chigo in post. Yeah, they they put her back into the scene because apparently she died. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yay, that been weird but at the same time it's like then why do you just it's so it's just a weird thing it's like i i enjoy the scene for what it is yeah but it's more okay she's in the paddy wagon now why is she just smoking <laughs> her, her hair is smoking that's it so it's it's a weird i know she probably she got fried obviously yeah but also how are you going to hold she go <laughs> yeah exactly she has these like glowing fist of fury yeah like, she can bust through walls we saw her do it <laughs> yeah she did how are you what are you gonna hold her in to keep her in jail yeah or are you just gonna be nice and take her to theirs and just set her on the roof and say okay we know we can't keep you bye <laughs> <laughs> exactly so we're gonna hold on to Draken for you because we know for some reason he's your only income <laughs> it's the only way we're gonna be able to keep you from being e- totally evil yeah, because throughout the series, we like whenever she did something by herself, she would do something evil, but then it would turn into she kind of does something nice in between. Mm-hmm. So it's Shigo is kind of a because of the way pseudo, they, pseudo, because of the way they created that character, yeah. where she's tasked like much like Kim is tied to Ron. Yeah, Shigo has to be tied to Doctor Draken exactly, and Doctor Draken has to be the one in charge. That's the only way the characters work. Yeah. And at the same time, you're going, Chigo, you could have left a hundred times by now. And she she did you a few times. You should be in control. Yeah. Why yeah. did you let Dr. Draken take, take control again? <laughs> Is this just, you just do this for your jollies. Apparently. Anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't think in the series they ever really explain how she got her powers. I think they do in some fashion or form. But I have to go back and actually watch the full series, which I plan on doing. On Disney Plus, mm-hmm. um, it's just be like it's just so weird to see. Be like, yeah, she obviously is hit. She slammed into that tower, that uh, transition tower, and it collapses. And it's it has that appearance that oh, Kim just killed Shio, and 
she goes to spine. She's in the paddy wagon smoking. Or her hair smoking, let's say that. Well, I mean, how many, I saw, I can't look at this and not think, okay, they're using cartoon logic in many ways. Oh, yeah. So, obviously. So I'm looking and going, oh, she got thrown against the tower and it collapsed. That's just going to pin her until the police can come and arrest her. Yeah. Because she's Shigo. She's got to come back in the next episode. Yeah, that's true. My my thought would be is whatever okay, that is. Yeah, why is she like? Why is there not like a bit like bandages wrapped around her head and like her arm in a sling or something like that? Because she got like tons of rubble piled upon her. Maybe she's got some sort of stamina. She just got knocked out. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, it's it, guessing. The, yeah, the only thing that happened she her hair got fried a little bit. Apparently, that was it. But that was all oh, that much electricity growing through. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Anyway. But yeah, that was maybe a nit, that was more of a nitpick than anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw that and it was like, oh, she was that in a, in a post production. It was like, oh, okay, that's interesting because it just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, be like, all she, all her hair is smoking. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> so little nitpick. Yeah. So what is your number three? My number three. Admittedly, my number three comes from watching an episode of the show at one time and not watching any of the episodes between that episode and this movie. Right. And noting an inconsistency with a character that maybe not, may not be there. I'll admit. And that is the character of Ned. Ned. I remember Ned from the episode where, uh, Kim and Ron go to work for Bueno Nacho. He's the manager. Oh yeah. She's trying to get that jacket that she Mm. go ends up buying because she sees the notice. And Ned's a little prick. Yeah. Throughout the entire thing. He's supposed to be the manager you hate. Yeah. Now, I assume in the three years between that episode and this movie that maybe that relationship with Ron has improved. Yeah. But I doubt it. Yeah. He's, <laughs> and the fact that Ned is... Obviously, Ned is a little concerned for the for how the, the, the direction that Bueno Nacho is being taken in. Right. And if and Ned may be smart enough to realize that if there's someone who really should be taking care of this, it's probably going to be Ron, because Ron at least does work with Kim, so he has the ability to, you know, maybe save the world, maybe find out what's going on. Right. But I'm still sitting there going, Ned, why are you being so nice to Ron? Oh yeah, yeah, and writing the word, when, especially when you're trying to tell him, and you write the word in ketchup, evil, on the tray, and then put the food on top of it, completely obscuring the message and messing it up because there's no way uh-huh. the word evil is going to survive. Yeah, or anything written on that thing after you've put, you know, what three, boy no knock, uh, three nacos, mm-hmm. three boxes of nacos on that thing, um, which is where the naco was introduced was that episode, mm-hmm. uh. It just feels like his character. They needed a character to tell Ron what was going on, but Ron not to catch it because he's Ron. Exactly. And they needed him there for the joke. And they and Ned was the only one working for Bueno Nacho where any of this could happen. That was not Lars. Yeah. And so that use of that character in that way just felt weird. Yeah, it's. I, I almost think that maybe there had to be some. Uh, some niceties passed between Kim, Kim Ron, and and Ned after that episode, especially since Ron was the creator of the Nako. So yeah. I mean, Ron should be paid royalties. Uh, <laughs> agreed, agreed. But I mean, so there is, maybe there is some lessening of that animosity, but at the same time, going Ned, you should still be the the prick. And you're not being a prick right now. I know yeah. you've been humbled by being knocked out of your manager position, but yeah, he's the same way the entire movie. Yeah, it's just it's like it's it, almost a character shift. It's a very weird character shift, and it's like I don't know why that choice was there, other than you did need this character to do this thing for plot reasons, right? Not for character reasons. I don't know. That's just a weird thing. I, I just thought was odd. So yeah, that's my third dislike. Okay. So now that we've reached the end of our dislikes, yes, we need to rate this thing. Mm-hmm. Your rating. 
All right. So my rating for this movie is going to be, I'm going to give it a 7.0. Okay. I have, I've always enjoyed this movie. It's again, it's one of those movies I watch every year. It's, I, I enjoy this, the mess out of it. Uh, it's got a fun, goofy little plot. Even though you see everything coming from a mile away, it's mm-hmm. still fun. Um, the character dynamics are interesting. Minus, I wish they would have plot. Like I said before, I wish they would have given more support characters a little more to do in this film. But there again, you're focusing on your main characters. Uh, other than that, I enjoy it. I'm probably going to start watching the um, the series on Disney Plus and get a little more understanding of the series as a whole. Cause I remember only watching a few episodes like yourself and I thoroughly enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy this movie and yeah, it's, it's a solid seven. How about you? I'm also going to give it a seven. Uh, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun ep- uh, movie. You can definitely tell it's within the vein of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does everything the show does and it does make it a little bit more epic by messing with the formula a little bit, by making Draken's plan actually work for a change. Um, it's just a fun show, fun, okay. fun movie, and definitely one you should give it a watch, if you, especially if you like Kim Possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Seven. All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, I think I forgot to mention this before, but we're doing Disney Tune Month right yes, now. Yes, we are. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what Disney Tune is, Disney Tune is one of the many, 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 many names of Walt Disney Animation Studios' second animation studio that's not Pixar or uh, any of the others. Um, it's their budget studio. We yeah. get right down to it. Agreed. But uh, they've done a lot. They do the stuff for Disney Channel uh, for their for their stuff. They also have done theatrical movies, so we're going to touch, and straight to video. Yeah. And that's pretty much what we're touching on. So, yeah. Join us for our next movie, one I've been looking forward to for a while, a goofy movie. Yuck. So join us then. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page, on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher, our RSS feed. If we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. 